Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I just want to say... Um, Thank you for being you. Thank you for being who you are. Because we can gather together, those of us who stand on the stage, and we can try to come up with ideas. We can care, just like the assistant principal at Byron Nelson High School told me at our Saturday night service. She said, I was overwhelmed. We were in meetings. We want to help people. And you can sit in meetings and say, here's some ways we can help people, but the mobilized church under the banner of Jesus Christ, not not just the sit and soak church, the mobilized, the people that have been touched by Jesus that have come together in unity and they care about showing Jesus to a broken world. That's who you are, and I am proud of you. I'm proud of you. That's who you are. It's amazing. And again, some say why. It's, it's not just charitable acts. It's when you've received so much from Jesus, then you want to give him away. And, in, and, and a lot of, so I heard so many stories. I want to share a few with you, but I, one of the consistent things that I would hear people say is, I can't believe this. Who are you people? This is overwhelming. This is crazy. Where did this come from? How did this happen? I thank God for the teams of people that were fielding sometimes an email a minute and responding and bringing water to people, evergreen, delivered to every single person and resident of these nursing homes. I'm telling you, that's the power. Teams win championships. And Jesus' church, his bride, who he loves, She gets a bad rap sometimes, but you know what? I love her. I love her. And when we come together with all our flaws and we reach out and show people, and we'd hear people say that, and here's the truth. Jesus is better than you know. He's really good. And I remember when we just started this, and and I've had, sometimes I don't know why. I mean, obviously, it's the Holy Spirit leading me, but I, I several months ago put on the dash of my car. I'll just put a scripture that I feel burdened about. It was out of 2 Corinthians 9 where the Bible says that God is able. I've been confessing this every day for months. He is able to bless you in all times, at all times, with everything you need to be equipped for every good work. And I want you to know, it's miraculous, not just what you did, but then in frozen roads, we were able to get the resources here in the time that people needed them. Can we thank Jesus for his provision? His provision. He's able at all times. You know what? Jesus is not bound by a frozen road. I don't know if you know that. But I'm so thankful for all of you. We mobilized like a hundred guys. Now we know the ladies were the ones really making it happen. Let's be honest, guys. But I was really excited about all you guys. You don't know any Bible verses. And you have four-wheel drives, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like, honey, I told you the Lord told me to buy this four-wheel drive. I'm doing this for Jesus. Come on now. This is for God. 
Now you're going to say, now we need a four-wheeler too and an all-terrain vehicle. And okay, slow, slow down just a minute. Okay. But able to deliver, I heard so many stories, Marshall and Candace. Marshall is a fireman in our church. His wife, Candace, called. And at one of the stations here in Keller, they've been on several, I think, like two 24-hour shifts. They didn't have food. They were, and so a small group went and took chicken and dumplings. Come on, somebody. Chicken and dumplings will help somebody when they've been out serving all these sprinklers and water and all that. And they stood in six inches of water and ate the first hot meal they'd had in two days because of a small group that was willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amazing. Our Keller Police Department bringing water to them. Kids like Graham and Brooks. We believe here at Milestone that you don't have to wait to be great. And kids don't have to just sit in the back and eat pizza. They can get on kingdom agenda. And I, was, I just love seeing all these kids jump into action and realize that the mission of Jesus is now. Tony and Tierra, I was really touched by this. Tony and Tierra, they came to the service where I talked about generosity and how God supplies to us so that we can be generous to others. And they were thinking about that message and they mobilized to go out and deliver firewood and I was really touched by this one, Luke and Christina. They're new to Milestone. And of course they come to the growth track. They hear about spiritual family and the power of how we're building relationships now for the challenges and crisis we face tomorrow. And Luke had a dentist office in the Hazlitt area. They had just joined their small group and his dentist office flooded. And the small group mobilized into action to go help them clean it up. Listen, that's what it's all about. Amazing to see what God's done through you this last week. And I just want you to know I'm proud of you. If you need help, then you can, again, go to our website. If you want to volunteer, give, you can participate still. I know there's still going to be some ongoing needs. A lot of the acute part of the crisis is over, but there's ongoing needs. We had a team of people last night uh, who showed up here. If you go behind the building here at the Keller campus, there's two trucks there, 75 dehumidifiers, 150 box fans. And so today we're going to start distributing those uh, to people who have challenges, water damage, whatever that might be. And we're just going to continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Once again, let's give Jesus the praise that he deserves. I'm going to ask you, I want to welcome you if you're watching online. I want to welcome you if you're here in one of our video venues at the Keller campus, our 1230 service. I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13 has really been home base in this series. We're going to start in verse 30, um, verse 24. We're going to look at 24 through 30 and then jump down to another section of the passage. But Matthew 13 has been kind of home base. If you're just joining us, we started a, a journey together, small groups. We have free guides. You can download them. There's still some available in the commons. And we've been studying together this concept of seeds. And what we have learned is Jesus had a lot to say about seeds and the whole Bible has this theme of seeds all the way throughout it, and it touches so many areas of our lives. I've been really excited to share with you this week. In fact, I studied seeds for about a year and a half, was waiting for God's opportunity to speak on this subject, and I believe it's been right on time for where we've been in this season of our lives. But this particular message was one that I was very excited to share with you because it really brings the whole seed series into focus. It shows you really, if you're wondering what the Bible is all about, it, 
It centers around the person of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to show you today how seeds and Jesus are connected. I'm going to show you the theme of the Bible and how every concept in the Bible weaves back to that person, Jesus, and who is he, and what's he trying to say to us, and what's his message to us, and what's his life all about. And so we're going to look at this concept of seeds, but let me take you back to the beginning of the Bible. When we're talking about seeds, you have to go back to the beginning because God created the earth. He, he spoke it into existence, literally. And what he spoke into existence initially was a garden. The garden would function through seeds. It was created perfect, but it would multiply agriculturally and the food that was needed and the animals and even the human beings. His desire for multiplication would require the seed. This garden was perfect in initial onset. It was perfect. It was perfect not only that there was nothing bad there, there was no COVID there. There, there was no pain there. There was nothing. It was, it was perfect. It was, it was without any flaw. It was a perfect garden. What really made it so awesome was that God walked with the people in that garden in the cool of the day, they experienced his presence. Every longing in their soul was met by the fact that they were with him. Nothing bad there. No ice, Mageddon, snowpocalypse, frozen roads, flooded houses. My house flooded this week. Flooded. I want y'all to know this. I'm really... I, I don't even know if I'm qualified to preach the rest of this message because where I'm just trying to get my spirit right. The top three things that I hate, one of them has to be house remodels. Anybody know what I'm Those of you who watch HGTV and do this for fun, you need therapy, I'm telling you. <laughs> See, a preacher deals with chaos for a living. We have a job because you guys have a lot of chaos. Job security's at an all-time high right now. I feel real secure. I don't think I'm going to get laid off. I mean, I really think I'm doing okay. <laughs> There's all kinds of chaos in the world. When I go home, I like it to be kind of safe and like the garden. Y'all know what I'm saying? In my house right now is, I don't know, the devil took over, man. I'm just telling you. But anyway, it's all good. There's no floods. There's no chaos. There's no stress. It's a perfect garden. The only problem is there's a tree in that garden. And God said, don't eat of that tree. You may have known this or not know this, but it's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Notice it's not all evil, it's got good stuff there too. And sometimes the good stuff that's even on the external can draw you to a substitute of the best tree, the best fruit, the best example of who Jesus is. And so the man in that garden and the people in that garden ate from that tree which promised lied about God through the enemy that he's holding out on you, that he's not as good as he says he is. They ate from, we'll take care of ourselves. We'll, we'll, we'll be smarter than God. We'll figure it out on our own. We'll leave you to the side. And they chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he ties, he ties into, into Genesis, Genesis here, here, and in Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, 13 he, he tells, tells a parable, he tells, he tells a story a, with spiritual meaning and he says this, let's look at it together. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds 
among the wheat. The wheat being the good seed, the weeds being what the enemy sowed. And went away, and when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. And the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? And an enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want to, we're going to talk about this, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Interesting story. You're probably thinking, wait a minute, what does that mean? Wheat, weeds, am I a weed, am I weeds? What am I going on? What, wait, burn, what barns? How do I, what are you trying to say, Jesus, here? What I, one thing I've loved about this series is I don't have to go to my library. I have a library at the church. I have a library at the house. I love books, the real books. I don't have to go dig up a book during this series. It's been awesome. I don't have to go to an online commentary. I don't have to ask an expert what Jesus means because if you look down at verse 36, Jesus tells us. He's like, look no further. I'll tell you what it means. His disciples had questions just like you. What are you talking about? Wheat, weeds, enemy, barn, burn. Whoa, what is this? Jesus, verse 36 says, then he left the crowd and went into the house. He had the crowd moment and then Jesus went to lead his seed small group. Come on, man. <laughs> Jesus lived that way too. People say, why do you do small groups at Milestone? Why do we do that? Is it a program? Is it a church growth strategy? No, we're just trying to live like Jesus. We're trying to live like the early disciples, live like the early church did. Sit and sew. Your podcast won't pastor you. None of that's going to work when you have a year like we've had. Besides that, you don't grow. His disciples, if all they listened to was Jesus' message, then they wouldn't have grown. But they went to the house and had probably some lamb nachos. I mean, you got to have, Jesus had good food at his small group, y'all. I'm telling you, he had good food. I don't know what he had, hummus, I don't know what, but I'm telling you. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And he answered and he started explaining. Jesus starts leading a small group. He didn't need a video. He didn't need anything. He just started teaching it right there. The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. He's talking about himself, Jesus Christ. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of all this, the end of all this age. You do know that there will come an end. There will come a day when what we know will end. No man knows the day or knows the hour, but there will come a day when Jesus parts the clouds and comes back for his harvest. The end of that, he says, the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they'll weed out his kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. Jesus is probably, he's not being real sensitive here. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. You know, having now walked with Jesus 35 years, pastoring 25 years, what I noticed is in my previous generation of experience, we were a little more eternally minded. Sometimes we were so eternally minded, we weren't a lot of earthly good. We might have even, I know growing up in church, just the way it was portrayed when you would read this passage, the passage would tend to center totally on the weeds getting burned up. I remember as a 13-year-old at a revival meeting, the pastor preached about hell. It was so hot and so real, I thought he had a membership. I mean, I was on the second, I remember my third row on the pew and he was talking about a guy died in a plane crash. The plane was on fire. He was going to hell. It was hotter than the plane fire. I'm just thinking, oh my Jesus, I don't want to go there. I didn't, I didn't know a lot about why I didn't want to go there. It was just the fear of going there. So we kind of got so kind of hell conscious. I was sharing my message with one of our young leaders this week. He goes, yeah, I went to a church. They put us in children's church. They took some of us and put us in a closet with a heater and said, okay, we're going to learn about hell. Get in there. And there's a heater. <laughs> so they left that church. Probably good. <laughs> I want to know where that church is this week. Can I, teacher, can we be in the hell closet? <laughs> Let's do that lesson about hell again. We want to learn about hell. Hell is hot. Can I get in the closet? Man, this is awesome in here. I mean, whoa, this is, this is heaven. The key phrase in the whole thing, though, is whoever has ears, let them hear. If you can hear the hope, the truth, the power, the availability for a different garden and a different eternity, if you can hear it, it's good news to all who can hear it. It's good news of the availability to all who can hear it. We may have had a little bit of wrong motivations, but I think if you were to look at our world today, because we tend to swing from one side to the other, where we might be today is, and this year has taught us, we think we have gained so many scientific advantages eating from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, we might think we can create eternity that is hopeful without God. That we may be able in this age. Now look, Jesus will influence your this now here world. He came that you might have life. Eternal life is to know him and that is whether you're here or in eternity. But a world, eternity or here without him is no good world at all. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, as you look at this, look at it in light of that. You say, well, man, am I, am I a wheat or am I a weed? What do I do with this? I'd want to break down what Jesus said to us in his commentary and us think about it together for just a minute. Now, let's make no mistake. We all have a propensity naturally to be a weed. Even when Jesus comes into our life, the weed side of us wants to come up. So just let me let you know, I'm in the boat with you. I'll say to you this last year, I've had to have a couple of calibrating moments. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not proud of some of my responses. I mean, I've had some ungratefulness like, my house is flooded. I'm really, you know, Tony Evans said we're under a divine disruption. I'm like, Lord, I got it, I think. Anybody felt like that? It's like, what do we need to learn? You know, and I had, you know, 
I've had to have some moments, Lord, you owe me nothing. I will serve you. I will worship you. I've had to have some soul moments where I'm not proud of some weeds trying to come up in there. It's how we naturally go. You don't have to try to be a weed. It'll just take over your garden if you don't have some hope somewhere else. It'll grow in your marriage. It'll grow in your kids. It'll grow in your soul. It just grows naturally. So let's look at what maybe what he's trying to say to us. First of all, the difference between the wheat and the weeds are the seed. It's the seed. You may not know much of, you may not, when Jesus is saying this to that crowd, there, there's Middle Eastern agriculture. And Jesus is probably referencing something that they know that would commonly happen in a wheat field is that a seed called darnel would get sowed into that field. And darnel, interesting, the Latin word means drunk. It literally can make you nauseous. It can make you overcome with all kinds of symptoms and it can even kill you. Under Roman law, it was illegal for you to sow this in someone else's field because of its toxic nature. The weed Jesus is describing is not kind of bad, it's toxic. It's not sort of not okay, it's toxic. But what makes it dangerous is it looks like weed. They grow in the same field and it's sometimes hard to distinguish the difference in the two until the fruit. And that little thing there that I have circled for you looks like a little piece of edamame. You eat it and you're sick. But the difference in the two, you can't judge just by the outward appearance. You can't, look at the, you can't just look at it. You can't even just look at the fruit. It's all about the seed. It's the difference in the seed. When you say, how do you know if you're a wheat or you're a weed, you got to go back to the seed. What's the seed in your life? What are you trusting in your life? What are you committed to in your life? 1 Peter 1.23 says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, not of darnel, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Now, some of you may have heard this before. Others of you may not have. I've been excited to share this with you. This is important. This goes all the way back to the garden theme of the Bible. Let's talk about the two seeds. Adam was the human there who chose the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. You're like, what do seeds have to do with Jesus? Let's talk about it. The first human being, Adam, he disobeyed. He listened to the enemy's lie that God's not that good and that God is not faithful and God is not able and you can be smarter than God. He disobeyed and it corrupted the seed. See, the reason you don't have to try to be a weed and mess up in life is you're born of that seed. Adam's your dad. Do you know why there had to be a virgin birth? You want to know why intellectually they attacked the virgin birth of Jesus Christ? Because if you can attack the seed, Jesus had to be born of a virgin because he had to have a different seed. Adam produced the DNA of weeds. Jesus, called in the Bible the second Adam, had the perfect nature, not the kind of okay. He fulfilled every single promise. He also ironically went to a different garden. In the garden of Gethsemane, different than Adam who said, I wanna to try to get it without God, my will be done. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane as he sweated blood said, not my will, but your will be done. And he obeyed perfectly, not kind of good. And that produced a different seed, which produces wheat. Romans 5.15 says, but the gift is not like the trespass. 
The gift of Jesus Christ, the seed of Jesus Christ is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, many have death as their eternal destination if you're just born of the one man. Jesus describes that. How much more did God's grace in the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Thank God for his indescribable gift in giving us an opportunity to have a different seed through Jesus. You may think this thing's about rules and regulations. You may think this thing's about get your kids in church so that they can be good citizens. You may think that we're the best philanthropic organization on the planet so we do charity better than everyone. You're missing the whole point. Listen, listen it's, not, it's not about kind of good even. It's not about labels. I hear people all the time go, well, man, I don't know. What about my heritage? What about my family? Look, here's the point. It doesn't matter. You can put Episcopal, Baptist, Catholic, church, put whatever label on it you want. If it's a weed, it's a weed. It's just a weed. But if it's wheat, there now is on the inside of you the ability to transform you into a new creation, into a seed that doesn't pass away. That's alive. Now, some of you are like, thank God I'm a wheat. I mean, I don't want to go to that fire. You know, I mean, whoo, man, Pastor Jeff, I'm a wheat. I'm doing good. I got something for you. Jesus does. Just email him. <laughs> Number two, discover that God's grace allows them to grow together. God's grace allows them to grow together. I've had this thing, and when I, when I started reading this passage, it's like, Jesus, thank you. So how many of you know Jesus lives inside of you? He's the living word. So you'll have this impression of what his heart is. And then when you read the written word, it confirms the heart of God to you. And I felt this so strong this whole year. It's like, wait a minute, guys. Hold on, 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 One extreme you can come to when you are a wheat, when you really have been born again, is to lose sight of the fact that God's growing a garden. And you got to be careful getting up in there and being so rambunctious with your self-righteousness. There's little shoots like Graham and Brooks. There's little wheats. There's little seeds that are growing there. And like my grandmother used to call me, Jeff, you're like a bull in a china closet. Look, I say it in love. There's been a lot of, hold on a minute, you're tearing up the garden. God cares about the wheat. And we appreciate what you're all passionate about, but whoa, 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 whoa. We got stuff growing in here. Slow your roll. Like my grandmother, take your shoes off. Calm down. I've been knocking my teacups over. Calm down, boy. We've got to be careful in our self-righteousness that we lose sight. This is a calibration moment right here of the larger overarching purpose of Jesus' kingdom in the earth. You say, does that mean we compromise truth? Absolutely not. We speak the truth in love. The goodness of God leads people to repentance. Jesus would none, he would want that none would perish in that garden, but all would come to the understanding of who he is. We keep that motive, it calibrates us, it changes us. Now, know this, if you right now say, I don't know if I believe in God, and I think probably I am, a weed, you know, why would, why would he burn up weeds, you know, and take them and throw them in this burning furnace? You say, well, I'm probably kind of in that category. You know what the good, the goodness of God has revealed. The Bible says that the sun, the rain shines on the just and the unjust. 
Isn't it amazing that God is so generous, he even lets the weeds grow in his garden for a period of time. They're still receiving the same rain and the same nourishment with an intention and a desire that they would change. It's the goodness of God. There's an extreme that says no good God would ever judge. Well, look, he's giving an atmosphere and an environment and a time in which his grace is there to change. But make no mistake, there's some of you who are real righteously bent, like, I can't believe this, evil, evil, evil. No one's getting away with anything. Oh, no, 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 no one's getting away with anything. Jesus is going to come through those clouds and make no mistake, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Oh, he sees it all. He's working in the garden. And he's chosen right now to let it kind of grow together. Let's cooperate with what he's trying to do. Let's cooperate with him in his garden. Let's participate with him. And let's never forget how much mercy and grace he showed us when we were a big old good weed. I think about myself a lot, man. I think, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Because you just know there's certain people, they'd be a good heathen. I know that about myself. I appreciate a good heathen. You know what I'm saying? I can get some people moving in the wrong direction. Like, Jesus got a hold of me. Look, I'm not like in the halfway party. Let's get it on. I love a good heathen. In fact, a good heathen, when they really get born again, they go as hard after Jesus as they would after the world. You know what the dangerous people are? I don't know what I am. I'm kind of like just in the garden. You're a weed. You're a weed. You're a weed. You're just a religious weed. You're weed. It's only by the transforming power of Jesus that we change our nature. I'm aware of that. I think about a time my dad, I was deserving some discipline, because he had a couple of big rules. You don't lie, and you don't disrespect my wife. I disrespected my mom, he said, when I get home. Those are the worst words for a kid. <laughs> when I get home all day, my dad was six, seven. Let me tell you, he could bring the power from on high. <laughs> and I decided I'm gonna mitigate this, and I put on 15 pairs of underwear. Anybody not remember? <laughs> Y'all remember when you used to do that? I look like the Goodyear man, you know what I'm saying? I had, big old underwear. I was ready for that. You know, it's like, okay, let's do it. I got 15 pairs of underwear. Anyway, it was real bad in those all day. My dad zagged when I thought he was going to zig and he sat me down. He said, son, my dad died when I was nine years old. And the reason I confront your disrespect for authority is because I want you to be the man God's called you to be. And it broke me because I was prepared for the discipline and sometimes and many times I got it and it was needed. But in this moment, he showed me the why behind the what. And I had revelation that it's not even about the discipline. It's not about the judgment. It's about the love that compels and the mercy extended when you get what you don't deserve. Get that in your soul. It will transform you. At the end of the day, this whole little lesson from Jesus, this whole message, this commentary boils down to this though. Determine if you're a wheat or a weed. That's really the thesis of the whole thing is you can be a weed that looks like wheat but not be wheat. 
And not because you're afraid of impending judgment. If you're only afraid of it, you'll probably just say, well, I'm going to try to try to make it as long as I can so that maybe like at the end of it all, I'll somehow skate in or maybe I could avoid it or maybe he's crazy or maybe Pastor Jeff is just using that. No, I'm speaking the words of Jesus. If you listening to me online or in one of our video venues or here, if you at any level believe Jesus is who he says he is, there's no such thing as we're all basically wheat and we're all okay and we're all headed to the same place and all roads go to the same place. You can't accept the biblical Jesus and believe that. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So you really have two choices. You're a weed or you're wheat. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me and I'm gonna ask you just to simply ask God. You say, well, I've never, maybe you haven't prayed that much to God. Maybe you have. God, I'm praying, even as people are praying, as every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I'm praying, Lord, that you would reveal yourself. I know I'm talking to people right now who you have been revealing yourself. There's some of you, you've been feeling a tug. It's like even today as I share this message, it's like, God's just pulling you in. He's been pulling you in. You realize the weeds and the destruction and you're, you, you don't even know if you deserve what God wants to give you. you. You've been feeling that pull and Lord, I ask you to do what I can't do and that is draw people to yourself. Draw them to you. Reveal your goodness. Lord, it's your goodness that causes us to desire you that changes us. And if I'm speaking to someone right now, I'm gonna ask you right where you are. It's not about the eloquence of your words, but just where you are, just to say, Jesus, I, I, want, I, want, a diff I want the tree of life. I want the new seed. I want you, Jesus, to come and change me. I can't change myself. He knows where you've been. He knows what you've done. He knows what you've thought that no one else knows. And he loves you just the same. You can just simply say to him, Jesus, I realize I've missed the mark. I haven't measured up to the standard. That's why I need you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you're alive today. Say it in your own words to him. Come into my life. Become my Jesus, my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, I'm gonna ask you to keep your heads bowed. How many of you would say, Pastor Jeff, I wanna know who I prayed with. I'm not gonna embarrass you. Just lift your hand and hold it up. Look and see it if you say, I prayed with you. Anyone here? Thank you, ma'am, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, hold it up. If you'll keep it up until a little card comes down your row, keep it up for me. No one's gonna embarrass you, but a little card's gonna come down your row to you. Keep it up until you get that card. Keep your hand up, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Just keep it up to that little card. It's, it's really for me to help you get going, get started. I have a resource for you, a gift for you. Anyone else? Maybe you online, you can text that number and we're gonna help you and serve you. There's people in the chat ready to serve you. If you're in a video venue, we have people there ready to serve you. Anyone else? You're watching this message later maybe on, on playback. Reach out to us if you prayed this prayer. We wanna help you start to learn about this relationship. And I wanna pray a prayer over all of you that have received these cards. Jesus, I pray right now that the enemy who's gonna even try to come and steal this, 
I'm praying for some of you right now that made the most important decision you've ever made. The devil's gonna come and say, oh, that was an emotional moment. It was just something that you said. It's not real. Don't believe it. Reject the lie. You just had a seed of the person of Jesus Christ transform you from the inside out. And our prayer is that it'll grow. If you'll keep taking steps, if you'll start growing, you'll be amazed at what he'll do in your heart and life. And we're here to help you. If you got that card, there's out in our commons area at the Keller campus online. I have a book for you called Closer. I wanna give it to you, help you start learning about who Jesus is. I wanna tell you something else. Maybe come forward at the end of the service or tell someone. There's something about when you tell someone, when you step out, that it solidifies it. Jesus said, look, if you can't confess me before men, I can't confess you before my Father who's in heaven. There's something about the power of confessing the decision. Lord, I pray, Lord, you would solidify this decision and grow these new seeds up in you, strong for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we stand on our feet and give God a round of applause for people receiving Christ all weekend here at Milestone? Come on, you can do better than that. There's a celebration in heaven. There's a celebration in heaven for every soul. One creates a praise and worship service in heaven. Some of you are new. I know we've met a lot of you that are new from our outreaches this week. I want to close with this. I want us to close with some worship. We're going to have one more song. I think we need it. Don't leave early. It's all good. Restaurants are closed anyway. Probably froze up. We're going home for bologna sandwiches that we have left over. Come on mystery meat. But I think weeks like this help us recalibrate. And I feel like I want to leave this service today, giving God the highest praise, giving him the honor that he deserves. Some of you that are new, you're like, what is this church all about? When you cut this church, what does it bleed? Well, I want to show you a story that I love. Carrie Rivers I love to tell stories because stories tell it all. They tell it all. When we text it to one another on staff, we put a little bullseye target. Boom! Hit the target. Not how many people were in church, not how big the offering was. This is the target right here. When you cut this church, this is what we believe. Carrie, I think I saw him out there somewhere in this service. Is he out there? Maybe not. Maybe he's in the last service. I don't know. He gave his life to Christ in December baptized in January and this week he was on mission for Jesus with one of the most powerful four-wheel drop trucks that I've ever seen. Come on. I mean, come on. That's what it's all about, man. He's no longer a weed. He's wheat. He's destined for eternity. Jesus lives in his garden now. It's going to change his marriage and his family and his children's children. And he's on mission for Jesus after getting baptized. Come on. That's what we're all about. Got him a good four-wheel drive, using it for Jesus. Maybe his wife will let him get something else. Praise the Lord. Get it now, Carrie. Let me just tell you, get it now. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our hearts and lives this week. Though we walk through challenges, we walk through the valley, you're always there with us. Lord, help us to rise above where the enemy wants to distract us. Help us, Lord, to prefer your garden and think about your garden and what you're growing and let us partner with you, Jesus, to make a difference in a hurting and broken world. 
Lord, I believe even praise is rising up inside of us because of months of frustration and lack of answers and wondering where the hope is. The hope is in you, Jesus. You're the hope. We look to you. I pray you empower every single person under the sound of my voice to carry the hope of who you are, Jesus, into a hurting and broken world. And I pray you, you, you empower, bless, strengthen all of us to do it in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.